The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glaser. Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm your host, Jay Glazer, and this is the first time we've gone across the Atlantic to get some guests in, but it's pretty cool. Look, I always like to have the best of the best on here. Right. And when we talk about mental health, it's not just what I go through with the depression and anxiety. It's also the things I've done to lead to success. You know, my gray has led to success and I've tried to be the first to do a lot of things. The guys I'm having on right now, I usually say you're one of one, but there's two of you. It's the Stolman brothers, Luke and Tom, who are the world's strongest men, right? Tom, you're the world's strongest man. Uh, me, me Luke, too. you're Europe's strongest man, right? But that's yeah, sure. so, okay. So there is a one of one on here. Well, welcome, man. This is pretty fucking cool. First of all, how much meat between the two of you guys are we talking here? <laughs> probably, probably two kilos of meat a day. I think we go through. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a substantial amount. Jay. It's, substantial uh... amount. You have an incredible story, and I'm, I'm going to start it here because Tom, you're autistic, correct? Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. Tell the world your story. Coming from a small town there in Scotland, and now you're the world's strongest men. Uh, take us on this journey. Yeah, I mean. So you said, you know, being from Invergordon, I've, uh, I was diagnosed with autism at a young age, I think 11, 12 years old. Um, so, you know, I had it through my whole school years, uh, and even into the kind of higher school years as well, into college and into, um, work. So yeah, so growing up in Invergordon, you know, small, small wee town, all we wanted to play was, well, football in the UK, soccer in America. Uh, yeah. so we all I wanted to do was play, play soccer. That was, the one thing that I loved, that's one thing that I felt normal doing was, you know, having this ball at my feet and just kicking it about everywhere. Everyone in Invergordon played football. Everybody knew what football was. It's just, that's all they did was play it. Um, yeah, but it was such a tight knit community as well. So everyone helped each other. We were all just friends and we all just, everyone knew each other's business as well, which can be a bad thing and a good thing at the same right. time. So then growing up there for me, I think I coped better growing up there because it's such a small place. I went to school, which had 40 people in it. So my school, my primary school had 40 people in it. That really helped me with the autism getting into the education system. 
the teachers were really supportive to me, all my classmates, everybody that went to that school were really, really kind of. You didn't feel alone. Well, it, give us this too, because I, I, it's interesting. One of my closest friends here is the general manager of Seattle Seahawks, John Schneider, and his son Ben is autistic, and Ben doesn't is not very verbal, but he could write out everything. What is it like to have autism? What what limits you? How do you feel as opposed to people who don't have autism? Yeah, I mean, like certainly for school, like you know, you think you're in a box by yourself. I mean, hmm. like in, when I was in primary school, it was alright, but when I went into the secondary school, that's when I wanted just to trap myself away and lock myself in a room, and I couldn't cope without a plan. I needed to know every everything I was doing every hour of the day. If I didn't have that, that's when I would then take maybe a tantrum or you know, misbehave from my mum and dad, lash out. And yeah, that was kind of really hard. So it was, uh, yeah, just being structure and planning for myself, even to this day, is very, very important for myself to get through life and to get through what I'm doing successfully. And Luke, as you're seeing this, what are you doing? Are you frustrated? Were you helping them? Do you understand it? I mean, it was a difficult one to understand, I guess, when I was when we were all younger, a lot younger. Um, but I'm 10 years older than Tom, so... Um, I I started my strength journey a little <laughs> bit earlier, um, and I was quite a quiet guy, quite a, sh- a shy teenager growing up. And I saw the comp the, what the gym gave to me was this massive confidence and like sense of achievement. Every time I went into the gym, I was like, "Wow, I'm lifting! Wow, I'm lifting more weights than I did last week. This is amazing! Like, how can I do that?" And like the the power that gave me as as a young man growing up in a small town was massive. And then Something kind of in my head thought, well, maybe Tom, as this not very confident guy, this this kind of guy that's struggling, this young boy, um, that I saw little bits of of myself in Tom. So we thought, right, let's get Tom to the gym. He's six foot eight, you know, he's a monster <laughs> anyway. So this guy's gonna like be fucking huge eventually. So um, it was amazing. It was like the kind of transformation was was just insane physically and mentally in Tom. It just, over the course of a year, his confidence just, it blossomed. He became this butterfly, you know, he was a caterpillar, went into this little cocoon and came out this jacked body, uh, this jacked butterfly. Um, and it was uh, really nice for the family to see because we weren't sure, um, you know, Tom growing up, he probably doesn't remember too much because a lot of it was, you know, when, when you go through trauma, when you're younger, it's quite hard to pinpoint exactly those, those tough moments are because you kind of, you almost want to forget about them, right? You know, so you, Tom's now two times world's strongest man right. and it's probably more difficult to, to imagine himself as that little guy that was, he wasn't able to get on a train, you know, for five minutes or, or leave the house without anyone or, you know, sleep over at friends' houses and, and that anxiety, that kind of crippling anxiety that kind of, I think was, was with Tom from a young age, um, was very apparent to see and the, the lack of verbal communication that Tom was able to give when he was younger. You know, he wouldn't, you wouldn't, Tom wouldn't be able to go into, I don't mean to speak like you're not yeah. here, sorry, Tom, but, um, mm-hmm. when Tom went into the gym the first time, your, your head was down and that was it constantly down and un- unable to communicate. And, but then, you know, over time and patience and more understanding, you know, we've got this monster of a guy now, you know, it's incredible. Pam, is it when you have that the level of autism? Do you know and understand everything that's going on and you're just not able to communicate? I mean, when obviously a few years back, say, 
before I started Strongman, I didn't right. understand much of it at all. I mean, I just thought, like, because we have, cause I have two other brothers and two sisters, I just, I used to kind of say to my parents, why am I different? You know, because mm. like, I can't do the things that my wee brother could do. I couldn't do the things that Luke could do. And I couldn't do the things that my siblings could do. So I was, that was there. But then when I started going to the gym and I had to go into mentally uncomfortable places, like the hood up thing, that's when I would usually quit and go, I can't do this. But I just kind of started like understanding it much more. I'd start understanding my mind much more because it was me putting myself in that position, not anybody else. And that's when then I really, really kind of started growing mentally instead of physically. Wow. You know, the gym was the thing that saved my life. I mean, people over, over, over exaggerate saying like, oh, the gym's this, the gym's that. But the gym is the thing that saved my life and really taught me mentally how to control the autism when things get too stressful. I get too much anxiety and stuff. I know how to take wow. myself away now or I'll go to the gym. The gym's my safety blanket now. You know, I can go to the gym, speak to loads of people, go there for an hour and come out the other side and enjoy it. So. You know what I love about this too, man? I have a whole, you know, chapter in my book, Unbreakable, about, you know, how I get, how you can get yourself through the gray of anxiety and depression as be of service. But this is next level, Luke, for you to take your little or younger brother, right? Yeah. Who struggled yeah. with autism to gym to transform him. Do you realize like how beautiful that is? Are you allowed <laughs> to love yourself up for it? It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a challenge, you know, that's uh, something that I can, uh, giving myself self praise maybe or, or credit Good. is, is difficult, it's difficult sometimes, but, you know, I see the, the, the boy, the man that, that Tom's become from that little boy and it's, it's amazing, you know, it's so, uh, it's so special and, and so unique, you know, to think that, you know, the gym training and a, Right. Lifting some weights, getting better physically can actually make a huge difference mentally, right? It's, uh, I'm sure there's science. I'm sure there's studies there, but I'm not that way inclined. I, I'm very much more of a, I wear my heart in the sleeve kind of right. guy. And, you know, I see it firsthand what it does to Tom. And yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. It's, uh, witnessing it firsthand was very special at the time. Tom, how does that make your bond with your brother knowing that like he's the one that opened the door for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, my, mine and Luke's bond is like an unbreakable bond, you know, I think. Yeah. Uh, I owe a lot to Luke for basically saving my life because, like I said, we didn't know where I was going to be. Um, like I said, I don't really know much about my childhood, but could have went in care, could have went other places. And, you know, my mum and dad could have just said, we can't handle you and away yeah. you go. So, you know, the gym, when I stepped into the gym, like I said, and Luke took me there, he kept pushing me, he kept pushing me and he kept pushing me. And it was just sitting in my head to say, don't quit, don't quit. And I didn't quit. And then... Look at us now, you know, 10 years later where the gym's my life and right. you know, I love every minute of it. And I owe so much to the gym and Luke for you know, saving my life. So. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you guys are, again, you're one of one, right? So there's a lot of guys out there who lift and who went to these strongman contests, but you guys are different. You're the world champs, Craig. What makes you all different than your competitors, than everybody else? I think for me, I honestly think it's my autism. Um, I think with autism, I can, I've got this tunnel vision that if I set myself a goal, nothing will get in the way of it. So, for example, the last two years at World Stories, man, I did a 10 week prep and I said, the business, sponsor stuff, everything comes second and third. I've got this tunnel vision that all I'm doing is waking up, going to the gym, saying World Strongest Man. I had it written down on my board and I did that. I was OCD with it every single day for the two months and I, even wrote on social media that I was going to win World Strongest Man before I flew out there. And, and I also think we talked to a psychologist, um, and I talked to the psychologist a few months before my first World Strongest Man win. And again, what she done to my mindset, I made me like the unbreakable mindset in the gym. The stuff I did in the gym was unbelievable. Yeah, I think autism has that benefit of wow. I, I can prep myself, my mind better than a lot of people that don't have that. I just call it a superpower. So right. Superpower. So I, I want people to hear that, right? You were anybody else say, man, it's a handicap. It's a limitation. You turned it into your superpower. You could turn autism into your superpower. We could turn anything into our superpower. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Luke, what about you? What, what makes you different from everybody else? Yeah. I mean, I think for sure it's, it's having the privilege to, to train with Tom. You know, it's, it's more than just a, a fight to, for me to be the best in the world. You know, we've got each other. The family, um, you know, we lost mum a few years ago and, and that's right. my drive, you know, trying to do her memory 
kind of honour, you know, honouring her name as much as we can, because again, you know, all this stuff, it's, it's very superficial what we go through. It's the, the pain that we go through isn't, mm-hmm. isn't real pain. You know, you've been through depression, you've been through those dark times. That's, that's when you go to the depths of like questioning yourself. And, and we witnessed our mother go through so much pain in her battle to, to still be here, you know, to breathe ev- every day. So for me, that's, that's what I see every day is, right. is mum. Um, and getting to train with this big monster every day is, is pretty special. So it's, it's very, uh, it's very humbling to me to be able to do that. I think. How much is what you guys do in the strongman competitions? How much would you say is physical and how much would you say is between your ears? Oh, geez. It's I, like physically, it's, it's almost the easy stuff, isn't it? You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's very much routine. Go in, lift the weights, do this, do that. But when everyone, that you're competing against wants to be that alpha, wants right. to be that kind of the strongest, the biggest, the the baddest kind of guy in the world. You have to make sure your your mind is is impenetrable. You know, it's it's unbreakable. That mindset has right. to be. And I think with Tom and myself, when we go to these competitions, like we're, we're a big believer in energy. You know, like energy forces now. Right. So we have our own energy force. You know, we go in and we've got this vibrations that's going, and um, it's pretty powerful. Like when I see Tom perform, he he is unbeatable. You know, he's mm-hmm. the the unmovable force. Um, the <laughs> it's it's incredible to see. So I, I'm really, I really think that's something very powerful for us. I think. But and, what is I, it? What is what mind game? So okay, so like. My fight team is like me and Randy Couture and Jay Haran and, and Chuck Liddell a lot. And what I learned from Brandy is we don't give a fuck. Our fighters are unbreakable. We don't give a fuck if we win or lose. We mm. just want to make, when you're across the cage from us, sparring, anything, it's going to be the worst fucking afternoon of your life. Like that's, <laughs> a, that's what we say. We just want yeah. you to go, that fucking sucked going in there with them. So if we take that ego out of it with the win and the loss, it makes you a lot more dangerous, right? Yeah. So what mind games do you guys play with yourself? to put you guys over the top? For me, I just keep myself chilled out and, like, dance around and just give that kind of positive energy. Because, see, when you do that with the other competitors and they're all kind of jacked up and ready to go and I'm just nice and relaxed. You know, I've got uh, really, like, relaxing Taylor Swift music on and they're all, like, in the hotel (laughs) rooms. That comes... That's where I realized that I've seen it myself. That comes across there. They stare at you and they use that energy to be like, whoa, why is he so chilled out? Why is he not getting all edged up for the competition? So I just stay as relaxed as I can and don't care about anything in the world except from just that moment I'm in right now. So, so you're fucking with them. They're all looking at you going, what? Why the fuck is yeah, he, so, yeah. <laughs> he so relaxed? Why is he not worried? Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. That's. Because my mind is like, I don't, I don't want to talk about the competition until five minutes before I compete or ten minutes before right. I compete. I try and just stay away from that and yeah, keep myself nice and chilled out. So. Give me how you guys felt when you guys won your first competitions and just, mm. you know, that moan of, oh man, everything I've worked for actually happened. It was a huge sense of relief <laughs> because it's almost like you, you set yourself these, these kind of, these goals, you know, and, and I'm a great, I, for me personally, I think we need goals to, to really kind of push right. ourselves, you know, and, um, for a number of years, you know, maybe finishing third, second, and then for, for me to win my title, my Europe's strongest man right. when I want that, it was like, fuck, it's, it's happened, you know, it's like that kind of, it almost breaks that, that next level, that boundary you've kind of, 
punched through that void. You know, you're in there, you're through there into that next level. And for me, it was that sense of achievement. It was massive. It was like all the stuff that we we do, speaking to psychologists, speaking, you know, doing our physio, doing training every day, sacrificing, you know, not going to like birthday parties, weddings, not seeing right. our wives, you know, all this stuff just became, oh, that's why we did it. You you both talk about speaking to psychologists a lot. What are the psychologists getting you, like, what are some of the skills or some things they taught you, you know, that, yeah. that helped you so much? It was um, because we're, we're from a small town, so we have the attitude of, oh, nothing should happen here because we're just from a small town, you know, and we almost, like, I, I was very guilty of, like, playing myself down, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm just some little idiot. I'm some daft little fucker that runs around lifting weights. I'm not that special. And so it's, it was a clinical psychologist we spoke mm. to. So it's almost breaking down that that mindset. You know, why don't you feel that you're worth something? Why can't you say, you know, I am one of the best in the world and be okay with that? It's like that confidence. And so she gave us, or she gave me, I think probably similar to Tom, she gave me templates, you know, to work through. You know, the first ex- exercise we did was, right, write me a list why you're some little fucker from the town and there wasn't many there but then it was like write me a list why you're actually really good at what you do and there was a big list and it was like you know that visual realization just really clicked for me and you know my my mindset is a lot different from tom's i'm a bit more emotionally driven so i need to take care of my emotions and make sure i'm not going too high or too low or i find that kind of middle ground and with the templates and the the kind of the work that we did together, just talking, you know, it's it's yeah. amazing what talking about like you can do for you, right. you know. It's and being given, it was almost like I got the permission to just talk about me for a little while, um, and that was really powerful for me. To, That's to such an to important deal. message because here are the world's two strongest men, and they're talking about the power of talking and being open. Where too many dudes think it makes them look weak. If they talk about it, so I really want people to understand this message and how powerful sure. it is that that you're given. So I, man, I, I I appreciate that. Tom, what about you? What did what did your psychologist? What did you learn from your psychologist that was really able to help you? Something that makes me crazy is when people say, "Well, I had this career before, but it was a waste." And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste. That everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, 
and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it was the kind of uh, concrete thinking and the kind of vision that she taught me about. I mean, you know, I really kind of learned like that. Basically, how I think is uh, concrete thinking. So it's just like I go up to a, a lift, I do it, and I just keep doing it repetitively. So she really kind of tapped into my mind of um, more like just getting me getting me buzzwords and helping me with aggression. Because I was really kind of lacking like aggression in the gym and how to kind of mm. switch myself on when things got hard. I would just give up. So she really kind of helped me with these buzzwords. So for example, so she said aggressive or like squeeze. And when Luke shouted that out or my coach shouted that out, I was going to a different world and just automatically squeeze. Um, she taught me about like lactic acid as well. Like, you know, if I had started getting lactic acid in my legs, think about my ears. And I did that, you know, and ended up winning like all the events that had that was in it. So yeah, it was really, it was just like I said, Luke as well. It was nice to actually be able to just talk about myself and be like, you know, if I'm angry, if I'm sad, how to kind of control my emotions and just basically control my life. Because like I said, I she gave me that unbreakable mindset. And right. for the last two years, it's mean I said like a month or two months before World Stories, man, I was going to win it. And that's because of her. But yes, it was unbelievable what I learned through her and what I've picked up and how my autism kind of benefited from doing that as well. Because she really understood about autism and it really helped just to have wow. someone there that I could go to once a week and just be like, right, I'm struggling with this and doing good at this, help me out. And she just knew exactly what to do. You know, the planning, every hour she had written out for me, it was just so easy just to have her, it just took all the stress away from myself. What, what kind of message did you get? I'm sure you get messages from other families with kids with autism about yeah, I mean, inspiration. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I get a lot. As I said, that's why I use this platform. You know, I've all been well strong as man's nice, but... I want to prove that, you know, when you can do anything in your life, if you've got this superpower label, you know, and I got wrongly, I was getting labeled in school and getting, you know, a hard time from a lot of people, but I just, you know, I want to prove to people that I can beat these normal people, you know, and I'm two-time world strongest man against these monsters. And yeah, I think anybody that has autism, you know, maybe you might have a rough childhood, you might have people that don't believe in you, but just get yourself a great support system and do whatever you want, because I've set, I set myself massive goals and, Every single person laughed at me, except for my family, and said, you're never going to achieve anything. Wow. And look at me now. So, yeah, you 
It's just to prove people wrong. Use it. And I mean, I get kids messing me going, like, I've started the gym because of you. My autism is my superpower. I've got the same superpower as you. And hearing that is like music to my ears because now they're actually living with the superpower and they're loving it and they love every minute of their, their life now. And people that come into the shop to meet as a gym, it's unbelievable. I can actually change somebody's life by lifting weight or calling autism a superpower. So That's beautiful, man. You know, it's funny. The last line of my book was like, for all these years, I, I always thought I was cursed by depression and anxiety. And now I feel like God blessed me with depression and anxiety so I could help others through their pain. And that's exactly what you're doing. And that's yeah, how great sure. does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, it, I said it makes me feel and talk to the world. It's like I could replace the World Strongest Man titles to making sure that this kid's got a better life, you know, of understanding autism. But yeah, I get an absolute buzz when, you know, I go speak to a class of kids or parents have messaged me saying, oh, you're changing my uh, kid's life around. Or my kid said their first few words because they watched you on YouTube. It's like, wow, that's, wow. that's incredible, you know, so. That's God's work. That's amazing. All right. Before I let yeah. you guys go, I always ask my guests this, you know, you've, you've already given me a lot of unbreakable moments, but is there anything that we've missed or give me that moment that's something that should have broken you, but didn't. And you came through the other side of that tunnel. And as a result, man, you're just stronger for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was obvious on my mom. Um, she was the person that was by my side every single day with autism. She was the only person I kind of went to with problems and stuff. And when she passed, I thought that was my life over as well. I was, she had a wife. I said to my wife, I'm never doing strawman ever again. I don't know what to do. You know, like I'd, I just didn't want to be on the earth because I'm my best, best friend, my mom, everyone had been, she'd been taken away from me. So, you know, I kind of for that le- next month or two, I kind of just. I didn't accept that she was gone. You know, I was too scared to go up to my parents' house because the first thing you'd hear is her voice. And I didn't hear that. You know, I, I was too scared to phone. I was just not letting it go. And then uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I switched to my mind. And the thing she said to me before she passed, and she wanted to make sure that I was happy. I had a house, had a wife, and, you know, that just do something that makes you happy. And I thought that, and, you know, I was doing something that was making me happy. I had a house and I had a wife. So I basically got... Her favorite sun, her favorite flower tattooed on me, which is a sunflower. And every single time I competed after that, I looked to the, I looked to the clouds and yeah, like she gives me the energy now to kind of get out that dark hole and just, yeah, be that kind of strong man I am because my mom was the, I mean, that's real strength, you know, trying to beat cancer is probably the most disgusting, horrible disease there is. And watching her suffer every single day killed us, but also made us stronger on the flip side as well. Luke, what about you, brother? Yeah, very similar to Tom, you know. Um, we, we both have like tattoos throughout our body, you know, representing mum and, and the family. And, you know, mum, mum was our, the sunflower, you know, mum was our sunshine. You know, whenever we went, she was always the, the loudest, the happiest. And she kind of was the, the life force of our family. And, you know, watching her at the time, I didn't really know what grief, real grief was, you know. So for me, it was, realizing what grief was because it hit me in the face it hit me really hard and it took me to to a dark dark place um where where you know i resented a lot of people and and having a wife that i resented because she still had a family um mm. that was that was really hard to deal with but then yeah i remember a few months after um mum passed in the in the springtime so there was a field like a farmer's field mm. out in front of me and I was just sitting outside having a, a cup of coffee in the morning. And I saw mum drive past in her little van. She had a little van that she used to drive and uh, the dogs would follow her. So every morning um, when she was still here, I used to give her a wave and stuff. 
And I, I just had this vision. I saw her there and I thought, well, right. just because she's gone, it doesn't stop us having a relationship together. I still have a relationship with mum every day. And that, that realization for me was, was really special, you know, because I still talk to her. I still see her. I do things now that I can kind of connect on a deeper level. Um, so I, I'm very fortunate I've found that, but being able to realize that I still can have that relationship with her, even though she's not here physically was, was pretty special. So yeah, that's, that was, that's a beautiful lesson, man. You know, I, I try and tell us people all the time too, like we just rent these bodies, but the souls live on forever. So they're always still with you. So, man, I appreciate you both joining me. Listen, you guys come to L.A., you got to come to Unbreakable Gym, all right, and lift yes. all my fucking weights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't wait, man. We'll be out soon. Sound good, man? All right, yeah. man. Uh, man, what an, you guys are just such an inspiration. I, I really, this was uh, this was one of my favorites. I really appreciate it. And, okay. you know, you guys are halfway across the world for me right now, man, but I feel like I'm the third brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me, guys. Thank Thanks you so much, Jamie. Let's keep walking this walk together. Love y'all. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the my cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts